Hey everyone, Julie Berninger here from Gold City Ventures. Happy New Year. I am pumped to kick off 2024 with you all. It's been a little bit of a break since I last published an episode. And I think those of you that went through the holiday season and sell on Etsy, you know why. Because the holiday times, it's so magical for everyone's families, but man, it, is it overwhelming. You're getting pulled in a million different directions. Your Etsy shop might be picking up in sales, hopefully, and that's a good thing, but it comes with more demands. And everyone might be sick in your household if it was like my household. So there's a lot going on in December. And I just want to applaud and cheer all of you on. We got through that. It was wonderful. And now we're here to kick off the new year in the right way. So what I want to cover today is the 2024 Etsy algorithm deep dive. I took hours this morning to read and watch YouTube videos and look at all Etsy's published articles and their legal disclaimers and all of that. So you don't have to. And I'm going to hopefully distill what is complicated stuff in an easy to understand way where you have some takeaways today. And we're gonna talk about four different types of takeaways. One will be the boring stuff that you can knock out in your shop in 10 minutes and you don't have to think about it and it will help you with your Etsy SEO. We're gonna get into that first because that's the good stuff. Two, then we're gonna get into things that they take a little bit of time but not that much brain power that you could do. Third, we're gonna get into the stuff that you've been putting off like me because you're afraid to touch it and you don't know what the right information is, and it's complicated, and you know it's going to take a while, but it will help the SEO. We're going to get into that. And then fourth, we're going to talk about some fun facts of things that I found when I was deep diving into the Etsy information regarding the SEO algorithm. So buckle up. Let's go. Okay. So first of all, let's just frame why we're doing this SEO stuff and why Etsy has their algorithm to begin with, because that will help you understand how to make your listings better. Think about it as if you were Etsy. If you were Etsy, you make money when you help people searching on Etsy find the stuff that they want to buy, period. Etsy is not like Shopify where they're charging us a monthly fee. They're charging us listing fees and transaction fees and other things, but it's not necessarily a platform that we're paying to be on quite the same way as these other platforms. And they make money when buyers makes when buyers are buying things and when we're making sales. So they're going to try to match the listings that are most likely to end up in the sale with the search terms that the buyers are putting in. And that's their whole job is this kind of algorithm thing, this dance, and they're updating it all the time. So the information I'm giving you today is based on the latest stuff that I saw published by Etsy, and I will link to all of it in the show notes so that you can review this after. And you can kind of think of this like Let's pretend that you were an NFL coach and you're looking at a roster of players and you want to put the best players in the game on the field because you want to win. That's kind of what Etsy's doing. They're looking through all the listings that match with a particular search term and then they're going to pick the top 48 and those 48 are going to get to be on the field playing the game. And depending on the week and different factors and what's going on, injuries, all that, they're going to make different decisions to put different people on the field. So you got to make sure that you end up on the field because if you're not that top 48 and you're not on the field for the terms that are relevant for your shop, you're just not going to make sales. So that's why Etsy, Etsy SEO is important and the algorithm and understanding it is important, but it doesn't have to be this complicated, scary thing where you have to be a tech genius to do it, and it, it really is not. So I'm going to go through what I learned today and try to explain it in a way that is easy for you all to understand because 2024 is going to be your year, and we can do hard things, and if you're overwhelmed already like me in the first week of 2024, just know we got this because we have no choice. We want to be successful. We want to do this thing. By listening today, you're taking the first step in understanding 
what you need to succeed on Etsy with SEO this year. Okay, so first we're going to get the nerd talk over with. We're going to talk about the things that Etsy shares about their algorithm that you might just gloss over this part, but it's interesting to know. So Etsy algorithm, they are saying that it has two phases. First, there's what's called query matching, where they're taking the query or whatever the phrase is that the person typed into the Etsy search bar, and then they're finding synergies between what the actual shopper typed in and the listings that match with that. And that's the first whole thing. And then they're taking that set and then they're putting it through phase two, which is the ranking phase, where they're saying, okay, now I want to take this set of stuff that match and I'm going to put it in the right order according to things like listing quality, quality so that essentially I can t pick the top 48 listings and stick them on the Etsy search results that result in the most customer interaction, the most sales, the most money for Etsy and us. So how do we actually make our listings better so that we can become one of the top 48? There are a few different ways we can do that. We're going to go into the easy stuff that you can do mindlessly out of nowhere. You don't have to think that hard. We're going to go into, yeah, you're going to have to think kind of hard for this. We're going to go into the last, which is just fun facts that maybe they're not that important for you to do now, but it's important for you to know. So first, let's go into the stuff that you can just knock out on a random day when you have 10 minutes. And these are things that if you are an ancient Etsy seller like me, I, I think I started my shop in 2017, I actually didn't have my shop optimized in this way until somewhat embarrassingly recently because I didn't realize they changed stuff. So if you go into your Etsy shop settings, you will see all of these shop policies. And they wrote, when I was looking through all the materials today, that the shop about section needs to be filled out. The shop policies are important in using the policy templates, which I think is their way of saying, don't try to differ your policies that much from the ones that we have here. That's how I took it, but you can interpret it as you will, what they meant by the templates. And then also, this is where I was off. There is a privacy policy section where you have to actually write that free form. Now, they do link to an article where they tell you step-by-step step how to write the policy policy, which really you're just copy-pasting it and replacing some of their stuff with your own stuff. And it, it takes maybe 10 minutes. It's, it's not that hard. But I didn't have that there. So... Make sure that if you are an ancient Etsy seller or even if you're a new Etsy seller, go into your shop settings when you get a free 10 minutes and make sure that your policies are selected, that you have something for your about section, and that your privacy policy is filled out. Now, they did say that the FAQ and seller details sections are not factored into the algorithm, but hey, if you're going to be in there, why not fill that in? Put a couple things in there. Okay, so that's the easy stuff. Just knock it out of the way. Let's get into the things that require a little bit of thinking. Also, if you're an Etsy seller like me that you've been around for a while, you may not realize that there are new categories for some of the categories that you're selling in, particularly if you have a lot of listings. I have like 200-something listings. So things have changed, and they're trying to get better at categorizing stuff. So if you go into some of your listings, you're going to notice there are new categories and subcategories that are appearing, and they're more specific, actually. So go into your listings. This is why I'm saying it. this is not just like a just do it like the policies. This requires a little bit of thinking where you're going to go in and you're going to select what the new subcategory should be and like does your listing still make sense in the category that it's in. Now I get a little bit afraid. I have a don't touch it if it's not broken mentality for some of my best sellers. So even if I know that they're probably not in the right category or not, not right but maybe they're not optimized into the best subcategories anymore, I get a little bit afraid to touch it. 
That being said, I can't leave it like this for multiple years. So I'm going to kind of phase touching those over time. That's just me as an Etsy seller. There was nothing alluding to how to do that in any of the research that I saw on Etsy today. I mean, in fact, they probably would want us to change them over to the right categories, right? But I just want to mention that because before you go crazy trying to update your stuff and you have a bestseller that makes you all your income for the year, just just maybe be a little prudent or be a little judicious about how you make all these changes at once. But I did want to mention there are a lot of new categories in there and there are a lot of new attributes in there. And in the research that I did today, Etsy uses both categories and attributes to determine how relevant your listing is for a certain shopper query or search term that they put in. So you definitely don't want to miss an opportunity to get tagged with these extra keywords by not filling out your categories and your your attributes. Now, what Oh, and the attributes are different, by the way, per category, because that was something that confused me. I was looking for an attribute and then realized, oh, I don't have the same options because this is a different category. So if you're playing around in there, that's that's kind of newish, I guess. Not not that new, but newish when you started in 2017 like me. So go back in and fill those out. Now, fun facts about this. They actually said that if you are using certain keywords in your attributes or in your categories, you don't need to repeat those in the tags. That's repetitive and it's a waste. You should use different keywords in the tags because that will give you an opportunity to be seen for a whole new different set of search terms and you're just going to waste them if you're repeating the categories in the attributes and the categories in the tags. But they did say it's important to repeat between the title and the tags. So I know that might be confusing, but if you just walk away from this, remember title and tag repetition, they said, is good. Category and attribute repetition in the tags. They didn't say it's bad. They just said it's a, it might be a waste. Again, that's what they're saying, but I know how hard it is sometimes to come up with all 13. And sometimes you might look and say, hey, my bestseller is totally repetitive between these things and I don't want to change that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what they said, but it's something where we have to kind of experiment and interpret it as we will in our own chops. Okay, what else? So th we're moving on to the section of the kind of like have to think a little bit hard section. Scary, been putting this off. But let's just dive into the tags now while we're all here and our brain is fresh. For the tags, you get to put 13 different tags. Here are some things that I commonly see people do wrong that in my research today, turns out you don't need to be doing. You don't need to be adding a million different misspellings of your tags. Etsy automatically kind of fixes up the search when the customer misspells stuff. So you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be adding plurals like nail stencils and nail stencil. That's a waste of a tag to be doing both of those things. Etsy is smart enough to figure it out. But what they did say is that regional spelling differences, you can include that in your tags. Like they mentioned that, I guess, jewelry could be spelled two different ways. Or they mentioned how in Australia you call flip-flops thongs, I guess, for those of you that have Australian customers or live in Australia. So you would want to put you know, sandals, flip-flops, thongs, you want to put those different variances in there. But don't worry about it for misspellings of plurals. Now, if you are like me and you get to the end of the tags and you're like, oh, I have four more tags and I don't know what to put, and then you start putting random stuff, take a second, breathe. Here is what Etsy is saying that we can do for tags. We can put something that's descriptive in the tags. We can say who the product would be for. We can put the materials and techniques that we used we can talk about what the shopping occasion was. We can talk about 
the product in a solution-oriented way, like how it solves a particular problem for a buyer. And we can talk about style and size. So I'll link to where I found that. But if you're like, oh, man, I'm running out of tags. Now, what you also could do, for those of you that you're a course person like us, we have the Gold City Ventures course. We explain in our course how to use tools like E-Rank and Everbee to find ideas of what to put for your tags based on what people are searching for, search volume, competition, seasonality, different things. You could go to the next step beyond this and use a tool like that. You can also look at what your competitors are doing with that tool. That's a little bit somewhat advanced, and you can use a course or something to help you figure that out. We cover that in the Gold City Ventures ePrintables course. Whether or not you sell printables, probably it's still valuable for you to know that. You can just skip the how to create the printable part and go right into the, the meat of it, which is the keyword research. But anyways, tags, very important. Now, one thing that I mentioned that I thought was an interesting fact for those of you who are international sellers listening, they said if you set up your shop in one language and then you put your tags in another language, they made it sound like that wasn't a good thing. So, for example, if your shop is a French shop and you just put all the tags in English, that's not going to help you a bit in the search algorithm. So I, th I thought that was interesting. But this one to me is kind of like I want to see how that works in practice because I have seen people add maybe like Spanish tags to English shops and things like that. And I feel like directionally it seems like it's working because I do have access to thousands of sellers through Gold City Ventures that I've seen go through the program. And I haven't seen this necessarily hurt people, but if, if, if Essie is saying this, we should listen and that's what they're saying. Okay, now let's get into the titles. We all know the titles are so important, but it, like the tags, it can be difficult thinking of what the title should be. I actually saw some information that was kind of contradictory in the Etsy published articles. An article from like 2022 said that it doesn't matter the order of the keywords. It's not weighted where the beginning stuff is the most important in the title in terms of them figuring out what your listing is about. But then for the 2023 latest stuff, it said the beginning of title words are weighted more heavily. So I would put what your, your strongest, your lead keyword that you want to rank for probably as the first thing. And it's unclear if that's because it matters in their algorithm or if it's just because shoppers are searching on different devices and on like mobile, they're not going to see that much of the keyword. They're probably only going to see that first one anyways. So you might as well make that one good. And they did mention that 50 to 60 characters is kind of like anything over that is just not going to be seen. And depending on where you know the device they see it on different stuff, it's, it's not going to be shown. So put the most important stuff at the beginning. Don't make it robotic and definitely don't repeat the same keyword over and over and over again because that's going to be seen as spammy and you're going to get dinged from Google and Etsy from being a spammer. So what they mean by don't repeat, don't keyword stuff. They said you can put different keywords with commas, but don't, and they didn't, it didn't say like whether it was important for commas or a break line or whatever you want to use. They just said don't write personalized gift for mom, comma, personalized gift for aunt, comma, because personalized gift is now repeated and it looks scammy. Put different ways of describing the same thing. So noted. Let's move on down to descriptions. So there's the concept of Google SEO and Etsy SEO. And I watched a YouTube interview interviewing the heads of both of those. And why Etsy? You've been hearing a lot more about Google SEO is because they're trying to bring new customers to Etsy and it's very advantageous to them and us for them to figure out the best way to get our Etsy listings shown in Google search results where there are millions and millions of people Googling stuff every single day. 
because that's going to bring the most buyers to us. And that's why we have the whole offsite ads cost and all of that. And Etsy is fronting the advertising cost there. So what we have to do as sellers is just make our listing pages or our products essentially as easy for Google to understand as possible what they're about so they could show them to the right buyers so that the buyers click and they bring them to our listing where they buy stuff. And I'm just going to show you if you're watching live the example that in the How Etsy Search Works article, they talked about banana backpack. I don't know why, like, is this popular or what? But um, I use that example. I searched it on Google. So it showed up Google sponsored ads and like a lot of them, you know, the top three out of the top four are on Etsy. And then I searched banana band backpack on Etsy and then this is what it showed me on Etsy. So my point of doing this is just to say that, and oh, this one's $180 for this banana backpack. Wow. So I don't know if it's a popular thing or what or why Etsy chose to use that. But Google is a place where the shoppers are, and if we can figure out how to optimize our stuff for Google, then we're going to make more money. Etsy's going to make more money. It's going to be wonderful. So how do we actually do that? Well, what they're saying for the descriptions is that Google is actually going to look at your whole description. So put some effort into it to try to make it clear. And when the, when the head of Google SEO at Etsy was explaining how to make it clear. He actually went through all the things that I just told you about the tags, like what materials does it use? What techniques were used to produce it? Talk about item size, talk about a little bit of description, talk about who it's for, talk about certain occasions it would be for. He actually mentioned all those same things. So those can be prompts to you of like what to write there. Um, but do put them in there. And then for the Etsy SEO stuff, the head of Etsy SEO said that really the first one to two sentences do matter and don't keyword stuff it. But I think more and more optimizing for Google is probably the right way to go. So I would put the extra effort to try to make the whole listing description good. And what se that seems, it seems not optimal because I know when I buy on Etsy, I, don't, I barely even read the listing descriptions, right? Like we're looking at the pictures. Most customers, we know this as sellers, the customers do not read the description sometimes or they glance over them and then you're getting messages that are like, it's in the description. You clearly didn't read it, right? But it is important from the perspective of SEO because how else is Google going to know what else this listing is about and when to show it to people based on what they typed into Google? They need to use different clues like your, your description to figure out what it's about. They also mentioned that Google uses the alt tags for images. And if you don't know what alt tags are, let's say that you are visually impaired and you're shopping on Etsy. You cannot see the listing images. So you could use word descriptions of what those listing images actually are, like purple backpack with yellow bananas on it. Some are peeled and some are still remain closed and there's purple stripes. I'm looking at what I'm looking at on the screen right now for search results for banana backpack on Etsy. Then you'd say, okay, I'm, I'm looking for that. That's a whole different thing than some of the other search results, which were like the messenger shoulder type bag um, belt bags that kind of go across your back that also return for banana backpack. So those words are important for shoppers that are visually impaired. Well, those words also provide extra SEO help to Google to figure out what your listing is about. So I think automatically they use the title of your listing if you didn't put anything, but you also can go into the Etsy listings and you can click the images and you can change the alt description if you want to be more descriptive. And 
please be a good person about this and don't just keyword stuff there because remember that someone visually impaired might actually trying to be shopping on Etsy and if you just put a bunch of gibberish in there, you're going to make their life harder. So try to put something that would make sense to them and also can help you for Etsy SEO. What else is important? They mentioned prices for the items and the shipping prices, which I know groans, eye rolls. It's obviously that they did it in a nice way, but that is important to shoppers. Shoppers are searching based on price, particularly with gifts. They're like under $50, under $25. I know they did that for the holidays. So make sure that you're in line with kind of where it fits and what makes sense for your product. Now, those are the, the hard stuff, the hard stuff that we've been putting off because it just takes a lot of thought. But let's get into the next section here that things that we have somewhat control over, but they're less, they're a little less hard, a little less cerebral to be thinking about how to change these things. So these are obvious things. Don't do bad things on Etsy and help yourself in the Etsy algorithm. So uh, copyright infringement stuff, don't do that. We know Disney, Harry Potter, all that. But sometimes you can get dinged accidentally. Like I know people that were getting dinged for using Bullet Journal, which apparently is something that's in the U.S. Uh, copy mar copyright and Trademark Office as something that's copyrighted. So don't use that. Um, and don't use, you know, obviously like Disney, any of those big ones. But just try to be aware. You can search the U.S. I think it's called the U.S. Patents and Trademark Office to see if something is trademarked. You can do those searches. And avoid it the best you can. But there are a lot of sellers that are purposely doing this and ignoring it, and you don't want to be that seller. Also, they said, avoid having recent customer cases, like a customer opening a case on you. Keep your reviews high. They talked about the star seller badge, which is kind of a way that they're sh showing that you're good in their eyes, which, I mean, if you have the star seller badge, they didn't necessarily say star seller badge matters in search, but like a lot of those factors seem to matter in search. Um, which are the speed of response time, how quickly, I think, how quickly you ship. There's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, I know I, I try to answer all messages within 24 hours, and when I answer them really fast, I get this reward from them saying, thanks for answering fast. Any feedback they're giving us positive, we should continue to do those things because they probably do influence the algorithm. But I didn't read that specifically today where they said, specifically, Star Seller Badge affects the algorithm. But they did mention it on the YouTube video that badges are important. Popular now, bestseller, star seller. Order fulfillment speed, that's important. That's obvious. We know that's difficult. I know for some of you with longer lead times, that can be tough to compete with, but that's what they're saying. Now, a little myth, a little pop quiz for you guys. Fact or fiction, do new shops get a boost in the Etsy algorithm? That's a popular rumor, and honestly, sometimes I see that. I've seen thousands of people start Etsy shops, and you'll see people, they get a sale overnight, and you're like, what? How did that happen? And you might think that. But it's busted. Etsy wrote many times that new shops get a neutral score, and they don't get a positive or a negative. But recency and freshness are very important. So if you list an item or you're relisting an item, like new, your new item or you're renewing an item, then those give you little boosts. But you get a bigger boost with a new item. So that could be why, because it's a new item, why that shopper is seemingly getting a little boost here. Also, it mentioned that past performance matters. So, and they called it shop history in another place. But basically, if this shop gets good sales and this shop and the, or this listing has had a lot of sales and good reviews and people liked it, then they're going to give that one a little bit of a boost. And I think that makes sense. And I know for newer sellers, it can be frustrating because you'll see these sellers that have been around for a long time and they're making sales. And I know I use tools like 
ski rank and ever be and I'm lifting their tags and I'm like these tags are bad like these tags are so generic and I can't see how it's really bringing them a lot of sales but you know what that shop's been around a while it has really good history with Etsy and customers seem to like it so if you think back to the NFL analogy I was using earlier I mean if that's a player that's won the Super Bowl five times they're going to put that player on the field if this is the Tom Brady and by the way, I'm from Boston, so that's why I said Tom Brady. But if it's the Tom Brady of the Etsy seller game, they're going to be on the field, whether or not you know they're 42 years old and still playing in the NFL or they're 25 and can run the fastest 40-yard dash. Okay, so what is next? Engagement and interaction. So the heads of the Google and Etsy SEO talked a lot about how customer engagement with your listings is very, very important. And, it, and also the article said that clear photographs and customers taking a closer look is important. So I don't know if that directly means if they're, I mean, yes, like they, they said, if a customer clicks, that's an important sign and that's gonna boost your score. So if you have a listing image and no one clicks on it, and by the way, from the perspective of me with my course, often new students, they put a too zoomed out first listing image. So when it shows up in the sea of listing images, it's just unclear what the product is. You can't really see it compared to the ones next to it, or it's too busy, like it's got a lot of stuff going on. So if you're doing that, just take a look at your listing images, look at them in the sea of other ones, zoom out, and then say, would a customer click on this? Or are they just going to eyes glaze over and they don't even notice it because it just doesn't stand out or it's too zoomed out or they can't see what the product is and they just don't think it's relevant to them. So consider that. Now, they talked about how clicks favorites and purchases after a search appearance are very important after a search appearance so that means all the the spammers that just click a million things or try to favorite listings or you know spam on this or get into some type sort of group where everyone's favoring each other stuff like don't do that but if your stuff is naturally getting a lot of clicks favorites and purchases after someone searches for something then you're going to start showing up you're going to be more likely to be on the field in the NFL analogy. You're more likely to be in the top 48 going forward because Etsy is saying, this is my, this is one of my best players. This is the more likely to get us the sale here. This is what the customers want. So try to create products that they like enough to do that. Now, why else is this important? The head of the Google SEO at Etsy was saying that Google is not necessarily looking at conversions of how many people bought based on the ads that they showed from Etsy or the results they showed from Etsy, but they do look at engagement on the page. And the, he didn't really define what that was, but we have this Etsy seller coach, Sasha Hutchison, who's a top 1% seller that works for us at Gold City Ventures. And she's always said that she thinks that the time a customer spends on your listing, meaning they're on Google or wherever, and they're on your listing and they're spending two minutes looking at your item that's a key indicator that they're going to buy. So her goal was always to get customers to spend longer on each page of hers. And she would do that by trying to make the products better and better. And then she'd like be tracking the metric of how long customers spend on each page. And by the way, if you don't know how to look at that, you need to integrate your shop with Google Analytics 4. And we do explain that in our course. This is, this is kind of an advanced thing. So again, Go to the easy stuff that I said at the beginning here. But if you're like ready to go and you are a seller wanting to go to the next level, then understand how to how to look at this. But engagement is important. And specifically the head of Google SEO, he mentioned bounces. And that makes sense for me from I'm a, a blogger by trade actually. 
And that's one way that I would work on improving my blog is seeing by bouncing, meaning if someone clicks into my blog or page or Etsy listing here from Google, do they spend a lot of time there or do they just X out? If they just X out or bounce, this isn't what they wanted. So do you think Google would continue to show your listing to somebody if people just click at it and then they don't buy anything, they don't spend much time on it, and they're just, they X out, they go back to the search? Obviously not. They want to find people that seem to have found what they wanted because people will stop using Google if they don't find what they want when they use it. So looking at your analytics and trying to keep people on page more, that could be something that you could work on if you wanted to. Advanced, advanced. Okay. So moving on, moving on here, we're going to get to the last section here. This is more of, I would say it's more fun facts now, and I'm going to call it the rumor mill. So I, I searched a lot and this was not a common theme, but I feel as someone that is an Etsy seller influencer, I guess. So the Gold City Ventures were helping people sell on Etsy and I am one that is, I share my shop. My shop is the swag elephant on Etsy. A lot of people that do what I do do not share their shops because they are afraid that there will be copycats. And by the way, they're afraid for a good reason. People that are my students sometimes make my best-selling bachelorette scavenger hunt, and that's fine. I'm here to help people. I'm not trying to gatekeep anything. But I just want to say that there's good reason why people do not share their shops because people get attached to something, and then sometimes it's hard to think of other ideas and it makes what you partic- you sell particularly more competitive, which can be challenging. That being said, though, I've always said I feel like it actually doesn't hurt me because I think Etsy might reward bringing new customers to their platform. Because I've noticed sometimes that some of my most shared listings, which by shared I mean exposed, like I we have 100,000 people on the Gold City Ventures email list all those people have clicked into my shop. They know what I sell. You would think my best-selling gold bachelorette party scavenger hunt printable, that should be that should not be a good seller. That should not continue to sell because everyone should already know that I sell that and they should make copies. But for some reason, that one is a really good seller still. Like, I don't know how long. I made it, this point I made it like five years ago, six years ago. I made it a long time ago. And that still continues to sell. And yes, that was a really good product. I've updated it over time. I don't want to act like it was magical. I haven't touched it since. I have put thought and strategy into keeping it updated. But if you believe that your stuff should be hidden because it's actually not going to sell more and it shouldn't be on the internet, that might not actually be true. Because in practice, for me, that's not true. In fact, the more that I got out there in terms of having other people write about my site and write about my shop and things like that. Actually, that one sold more. And I doubt that most people, a bachelorette party is a random thing. People go in the summer. It's not like people were going to bachelorette parties and were like, oh, this person, I want to learn how to sell an Etsy, but I also want to go to a bachelorette party this weekend. No. I think it was because I was generating traffic to Etsy and backlinks. Now, what I found here in my research was that I was right. And I feel very vindicated in this a little bit. They mentioned how backlinks help Google see that your stuff is relevant. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I'm a blogger and the more people that link to my blog, the better my blog has always performed in Google search results. Meaning, and by the way, my blog is about, it was about how to pay off student loans and personal finance. It had nothing to do with Etsy. It was, it's called millennialboss.com. It's a very old blog about that. But I, I did always notice that the more people that link to the blog, the more traffic I got to the blog, I would try to get what are called backlinks, which are links to my site. 
But me sharing my shop everywhere, the swag elephant, getting all these links actually was is probably helping in Google's eyes see that I have a very relevant thing for bachelorette parties and and that and it's just helping. So what I'm trying to tell you here, if you're a blogger, linking to your stuff, if you know bloggers, if you can get influencers to link to your stuff, it might help in terms of Google, in terms of getting Google traffic. This is kind of an advanced strategy. You don't necessarily have to execute it, but if you're sitting there like, okay, I already did all the other stuff that you mentioned. I want to try something new this year. Maybe this is a new thing. I also like to use whatever new programs that Etsy is putting out because they're they need sellers to use them and not many sellers do use them. So Etsy has the the social sharing. I think it's called Share and Save where you get a 4% credit if you share your Etsy listings and then someone buys from social or wherever you're sharing it. And there's a special special links that you have to use. If you log into Etsy, you can get them. I think this is part of the backlinks thing where you know, you're just driving more traffic, more buyers to Etsy. I actually think it's going to help you. So if you're wondering, how do I get to the next level this year, and you already did everything else I already mentioned, then try to play with some of these ideas. Okay, so other fun facts here. Vacation mode. They talked about that in the YouTube video, and they said that it doesn't necessarily hurt you, but you're not going to appear in search results when you're on vacation. So when you come back, you kind of missed out on the algorithms and the movement and the scoring that happens when you're out. So you don't get penalized, but now you got to come back in the game and the game's different. So, I mean, think about it in the NFL. The NFL, you were a player that you broke your ankle and you missed a season. Well, guess what? Now there's all new players and the team is running different plays and now you just got to get back and figure out where you fit in that new team. So, um, but they were very nice about it. They, were, they weren't like, don't take vacation because all of us, we're going to burn out. At the beginning of this, I mentioned the overwhelm that comes with being an Etsy seller with the, all of us. Most of us are not doing this full time. So don't burn yourself out. But they did mention that. And I will say Etsy has a lot of auto reply options now that might be different than when you first joined Etsy. So you can go in there and see if any of those options can help you. Also, other things they mentioned they mentioned that buyers really like videos, and I know that because when I log into the back end of my Etsy seller shop, they're always encouraging me to add more videos. And they they didn't necessarily say this affects the algorithm, but they said that the customers just like them more. And also the Google head said that, well, the Etsy head who covers Google, he said that it's helpful for giving Google more information about what your Etsy listing is actually about. And the more info you can give Google, the more it can show it to the right people, and, and it'll help you make more sales. So if you want to add video listings, that could be a good idea. Now, let's see. Other things they mentioned, controversial things. When I went on the Etsy legal disclosures for the search ranking, which gotta love the stuff that they have to legally disclose, I found two things. I found capping. <gasps> capping. What does that mean? It means that Etsy may or may not, I'm. you can read it and interpret it for yourself, but it seemed like they limit the amount of times that certain shops or listings are showed in search results. They didn't say what they limited on, but it said that there's capping. So I know that buyers are always, or sellers are always complaining that they think this exists and it's there. So I'll link to it in the show notes and you can interpret exactly what it means. Cause that was the only place that I saw it. I only saw it in the legal. I didn't see it in the rest of the stuff. So that'll be interesting to look into. And then they also mentioned context-specific ranking technology. But really, we all see this. Have you ever noticed when you're searching on Etsy, and those of us that have courses notice it more, we'll hear from 
our students that when they're searching the same thing as we're searching, the results are different. And that's because Etsy personalizes the results based on you, where you are, what you looked at, what they think you like, all this stuff, because they're trying to get you to buy and they're trying to make sales. So they just put in the legal disclosure that they use a specific context-specific ranking technology to customize search results to individual buyers. And then also, they did put some information about advertising and how ads, the ads that you see, are affected by search query, time of day, device. And what they meant by that is that the price of those ads can be different. And I thought that was interesting because obviously they know what time of day and what type of devices are more, most likely to make sales. So they mentioned that the prices reflect the value to the seller. So I guess if they give you prime real estate where you're getting an ad on the day that on the time of day and the device that someone's most likely to make the sale, then it's probably going to cost more. That's how I interpreted it, but I'm not covering ads necessarily in what I talked about today, and there's a lot on ads that you can look at that Etsy has included in their seller handbook. All right, so let's see. That was a lot, guys. 36 minutes in, that was a lot. Overall, takeaways, don't forget just to recap. There's that easy stuff I talked about at the beginning where if you – have not been in in a while or you're new, go fill out your about. Go make sure that you have the shop policies and the privacy policy filled out because that's a gimme with the search algorithm. Just get that done. Once you do that, go through, look at if they're for your listings, if the categories have changed because you may not actually be, like for me in one of my listings, I noticed I actually wasn't in the subcategory. That would have really helped me from a keyword because now I don't have that keyword associated with my stuff because I this, it was an old listing, and they've changed the subcategory. So go in there, click around, see what's changed to the subcategories. Then you can do the hard stuff. You can add all text that's specific for, to your images if you want. You can go look at your tags. You can make sure the tags are descriptive. You could play around with different descriptions, like length of description and keywords in the description and all of that. And then if you want to do extra credit, you can think about how to get your stuff linked to from other people off Etsy, blogs, social. If you have blog and social, put it there, etc., and see if that makes a difference. And note, regarding vacation mode, maybe try the auto applies and see if that works. Or just take vacations when you need to, but just know that it's going to affect stuff. Okay, well, anyways, I'm going to sign off now. If you need anything, we're here to help you at Gold City Ventures. Thank you for listening to the Cricket Stitch Chings podcast. We took over from Lauren Keplinger, and I'm Julie. If you would like to learn more, go to goldcityventures.com. We're actually in the middle of a big 30-day January printables challenge right now where we're going to give you the templates to make printables, the listing images, the keyword research done for you. We're going to have a top, top Etsy seller coaches tell you what to turn those listings into so you can make different stuff than other people. And then we're going to audit them once you, we're going to audit all four of them once you get listed on Etsy. So this is a good value to, if you want to join the challenge. And I mentioned before, a lot of you are handmade sellers and you know, you're like, why are you talking about digital stuff? We're keyword research people. We're bloggers, we're podcasters. So yes, the course covers, it covers how to make printables because I need to teach the people how to make something. But like at the end of the day, that keyword research is valuable to almost every seller. So I, I bet you, if you, if you, take this course, you will, you will not think that it's a waste of time because this keyword research stuff is, it matters. So we'd love to see you in there. You can join the challenge. If you, if you do join now before Monday, 1-8 at midnight, then you will get access to the challenge for free and we'll get to hang out and that will be fun. Um, I'm really excited to help sellers through this time. 
And also I will mention that we would absolutely love to hear your feedback on what you want in the future podcast. If you go to team at goldcityventures.com and send us an email, goldcityventures.com, then you could tell us specifically what you want on the podcast and we would love to feature it for you. I did get some requests from people last month that were still working through and planning how to best address their content. Like someone that sells furniture wanted to know how to best optimize for shipping. And that's interesting, actually. If Just fun fact, Etsy released their 2024 marketplace guide recently, and there's a lot of information on furniture in there in terms of trends. So check that out. Someone else wanted to know about pricing or they wanted to know about how they're going to split their shop into something that is more like a kit versus something that's more a finished product. But the finished product costs more. So like how do they evaluate between whether they should even offer the finished product or they should just do kits or whatever. If you have any specific questions like that, send them to us because that's going to help us plan the content for you and make this the best podcast for you as possible. So anyways, I'm signing off. This is Julie Berninger. I hope that you guys have a great day. And remember, we're going to go back to the very beginning. I know it's overwhelming. There's a lot going on, but we can do hard things and I want you to succeed. And I am going through this just the same way as you guys and we can do it. So happy new year, 2024. Cheers.